Okay, I'm uh, sorry it took a couple weeks, but um trying to get my life figured out, and we're going to do this once a week in ESPN production, Rosillo Show podcast, we'll probably just call it that. I'm not great with all the clever stuff, because honestly, I'd just rather have my name on it. And I don't know if we're going to change it to SVP and Rosillo once a month, but Van Pelt is sitting with me, and uh, we're pumped because it's the first one I'm doing, and you have agreed to appease the people that want it to do this once a month with me for the next year. Only if you uh, call it Rosillo and SVP. That's the name of the show If when I'm on it. Not SVP and Rosillo, Rosillo and SVP, because it's your... It's your thing, kid. Okay, but does that mean that you can, if I do something wrong, roll your eyes at me through the glass to Saruti? No, it just means that when I think you can't hear me, I'll tell Saruti how how lousy. I almost cussed. I don't know how we're doing this. Cause it's, I think we can. I mean, I remember when people have like those warnings ahead of time, but I don't know. Like I see Katie Nolan saying the F word on Twitter, and I didn't know like we could do that. We either. need to do it way more. We should. Yeah, we should, I was like, oh, cuss. We can do that. <laughs> <laughs> Boom. Uh-huh, let's right, try it out. Right out of the shoot, kid. Yep. Uh, I have a bunch of notes on my legal pad, what the Cavs should do. Um, what do you think about the Patriots thing? Okay. What do you think about saving and all this stuff? Right. But instead, I want to, when you're here once a week, do yep. mailbag questions. People love the mailbags. Yeah, because I gone? guess they're gone. What happened? Was it like... Was it like- Probably the Russians. But I don't, I also want to do a Trump, an all Trump podcast, you and I talking politics. Really? Yeah. You and I for an hour just talking politics, like the least political people that anybody knows. Yeah. I'm going to probably pass on that. No, I think it'd be good. I think it'd be great. All right. Stuff gets misconstrued. No, not if we're doing it this way. Um, Okay. So I'll go through it because I think, yeah, the mailbags are gone. So instead of kind of like a life advice mailbag combo, Mm -hmm. we just do this instead of the pats. What do you think? Yeah, because the I mean I mean who knows when is this going to get posted this week? Um, yeah, it'll be posted hopefully like oh. tonight or tomorrow. Okay, well I mean I mean we could do some football if you like. Yeah, let's okay we can do football at some point. Okay, here's the here's the first mailbag question. That okay, I, good that I wanted to do. Um, if you could live or had to live in any post-apocalyptic world from any movie or television, which one would you choose? <laughs> that was from Riley, I think, in Denver. And I absolutely love it. So he's the he's the honorary, like the first topic that we've ever done on the first podcast ever. Mm-hmm. That guy right there, get the headliner. He all right. So hey, Riley, um, appreciate you. First of all, let's 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 eliminate ones we don't want to be in because Mad Max is a complete fiasco. I don't know. I don't understand what the spray paint is that those bald guys need, and I'm bald. So Honor I him. I need I need to go to Valhalla with the spray paint or something. No, that one would suck so hard. I used to be scared of the original Mad Max. Like, imagine if your wife is like, "Hey, I don't know if I was going to do an Australian accent there right now." Give it a like, shot. Did <laughs> you get some diapers, love? You know, or like if you were just a dude and you want to go get a tin, right. you're like, "Is it worth the petrol?" Because the petrol, like, it just there's not a ton of petrol around. No, and then it's like it's not just the gas I'm using. I'm going to get freaking shanked by, like, a spiked car. And what if all they have is, like, Kodiak pouches? Yeah. <laughs> and you're like, Whoa. I wasted petrol, and now i got to drive back. And no that's, not, that's not even my brand. No, and that's just, I went off-brand in the in the pouches, and the, they've got been chased down by by uh, Davey Allison's pit crew? Um, yeah, that would suck. So, like, Mad Max, like, you couldn't do any errands. None. Because it would be the worst. Um the Road is a great book, terrible movie. Yeah. Root against the little kid in the movie cried kind of a little bit at the end of the book. Did you? 
Yeah, McCarthy dude. Dude, comic. Um, uh, different rules. Took a little while with the dialogue there. But any zombie deal is like, I, I mean, how you? How did Children of Men sucked. Children of Men sucked. Like, yeah, you still had downtown and you get coffee, but like that one guy's living in the woods and then those people just come running out of the woods and they were fast. The zombies, I don't think I'm as freaked out about because they're so slow. See, but the, the, I don't know, 28 days later or whatever the one is, did you see the foot speed on those people? I mean, That was were, a different kind of zombie. That was almost like Resident Evil. Right. That's what I'm, so that's no good. So that's out. So what, what are you giving me? Walking Dead? Just trying to think if we left any other ones out. Um, How are you ever getting a good night rest when you're just thinking like if there's a flicker of light and blah, through, through the door yeah, comes the, somebody that saw the light and then they're eating your brain out of your skull? The road one is is bad because even if you've got like a shopping cart and you're just kind of like that guy was blind in the book mm-hmm. and you just figure like, okay, I think there are rules. And be like, leave the blind guy alone. Let's not steal his batteries. So there was a, there was a little bit of more social mores, if you will. Yeah. Where am I going to get my diet coke? That's gonna I'm that's out for me because there's not. That's nearly why I think the zombie. That. I think the zombie thing, like The Walking Dead, is because it's TV and they had to just keep stretching it for mm-hmm. seasons for television purposes. Right. If you think about it, that would be the easiest to maintain. Maintain. They're they're slow as can be. Mm-hmm. You could. I would have to think if you really wanted to get everybody on the same page, like the non-infected people, like we just build a massive pit. And then just, you know, kind of have like, in. yeah, like cheese its at the bottom of the pit. <laughs> and then the <laughs> right? zombies just go there, and then you just drop down all sorts of fire and acid on them. Huge explosion. <laughs> Boom. And then you could just start building condos and getting that thing started again. I, I think there's a way, <laughs> real estate-wise, a zombie apocalypse wouldn't be a terrible thing to kind of reset some of the less obtainable markets. And then you capitalize on the back end. I, I love this. So that's it. That's the move. We Walking pit, dead. cheese its a pit, and then... We're, we've got strip malls and some, some low, low, low end condos. We want to give people a chance to buy in and then we'll be up on the hill somewhere. Right. And it'd be like Qdoba instead of Chipotle. I'm, that's great. You know what I mean? Double chicken. That's, we're fine. Any, either way you do it, double chicken. I'm trying to remember in Resident Evil, what was the name of the lab that started all that stuff? Did you ever play the video game? No. No. I don't think so. I I no Halo. That's I was pretty much where at Halo. That, yeah, that's but that, that wasn't college. That was you. No, that was that, that was, was pre-family. That was full adult doing the overnight, just playing video games until the sun came up. Do you think you got married and had a family because of how much Halo you played and how much recruiting you did? Had a high. Well, the fact that they did away with um, the NCAA football was was clearly what it was. <laughs> I don't like even I need what, a wife. I think now? that was after I got married, but I mean that has helped the marriage considerably because it's not like hey, can't go pick up the kid. I got. I'm in season 2027, and I got Stanford Steve on a recruiting visit. So, I'm trying to remember what the Resident Evil lab was. It I don't was. Remember. I think it was Raccoon. Was it? Yeah. Whatever. Or just one of the cities. It was Umbrella, but then it was Raccoon. Um, that's that's not super important right now. Is there uh, another question? Yeah, we have another one here, and this is football related. Oh, good. Um, this is from Troy the Boy. Hold on, let me do a reset. This is the uh, Rosillo and SVP um, podcast, first edition, and we're doing mailbag questions. We don't even need to do uh, resets. I just like to from time to time just to make sure I'm <laughs> you know my, what? I just want to make sure my skills are still I want there. you to use this platform to uh-huh. ch- just freshen up your chops. So keep doing that. Your I, instincts are good. Thanks. I need it. You, know, you always want to make sure you got an out in this business. You know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> okay. Uh, this is a real thing. Um, a real question? Yeah, real real question here. And he, he says the boy, but I'm assuming he's an adult. Although a lot of young kids on Twitter. And that's why I feel like all those younger stars and starlets, like how do you have 100 million followers? That's going to be kids, right? And bots. 
I don't know, though. Kids, mostly kids. Robot kids. Uh, what do you do with Saban if you don't hate Saban, but you hate the SEC? I I think that that was one of those things where I, you know, you're kind of in your drafts and you delete them. But I take a lot of shots at colleagues, and maybe I'll start doing more of it now. Yeah, that I'm in this rip. Yeah, even though, but look, I'm still an employee, and who knows? Who knows what will happen? As, as Scott True. told me at the True. end of my first or my sign off show. But and when I'm taking shots, it's more of just like, hey, if I go on the air and I say. I think Porzingis is the best player in the NBA. Then you should dump all over me on your Sports Center show because that's a, like I like Porzingis, but that's stupid. Right, he's so, not the best in the NBA. So if somebody were to do a morning show or afternoon, so I'm not trying to call out anybody here. And if if Saban had lost, like who would have done the? Oh, is is Saban? Mm, is, is Saban kind of like? Is he not as sharp as he used to be? Because somebody would have done it for sure. Of course they would have, because it's it's just the it's the fun low hanging fruit question. Um, but the 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 question that uh, the what was the person's name? Riley was the first one. Who was this Troy? Person? Troy the boy. It's actually really interesting because what Troy the boy is saying is I probably hate what I perceive to be this SEC bias. And let's be honest, outside of Alabama and Georgia this year, there was a lot of. Not mediocrity, but not they certainly weren't superior, and their bowl performances showed it. So maybe you're a little, there's a fatigue, and you're like, yeah, I get it, they won a bunch of titles, but I get tired of hearing about the SEC, but what am I supposed to say about a dude that's won, what, now six titles and five at Alabama? I have to appreciate and recognize that. I have to acknowledge that, but it kind of bums me out. Well, I think, Troy, the boy, what you're doing is you're growing up. You're, you're becoming Troy the young adult, and you're recognizing that maybe what you want to do is you want to let go of some of that angst that you held on to for all those years, and maybe you just want to... You just want to let some of that negativity go and say, hey, Saban's awesome. And maybe I don't think that Florida's great anymore. Who are you rooting for against Georgia that night? I was rooting for who I, I wanted. I oh, rooted you for exactly. You had to have bet it. No, I just met theoretically. You know, oh, okay, I had right. winners. And I had Georgia plus the points. I did that thing I always do where I said I thought Bama would win, but I thought it would be a close game. And it was one of the rare times where my waffling actually was acting. You were right twice. Completely. And you know me. All I want to be is right once. Twice is even better. I wanted a good game, and we got that. And then with the whole Tonga Viola, Vi- Viloa, that guy, Tua. <laughs> <laughs> Thankfully, I got it right that At night. At least it's not TT Boy. Yeah, that's a different dude. That's a different Troy the Boy. I don't know if his name's Troy, but I remember him. Right, right. Um, different what? religious beliefs. <laughs> different, yeah. I, I don't know. I got a ton of, because like, you know me and my Russell Wilson thing, where... You know, somehow anybody that's vanilla, I'm supposed to also hate mm-hmm. as much as I just don't like Russell Wilson's interviews, even though I say all the time he's probably an even better quarterback than you give him credit for. Right. But they're like, oh, what's up with your boy Tua? You're going to hate him just like you do Russell? I go, uh, a year out of high school? No. How how are the two even remotely related? See, that's the thing is that we're doing that a lot of too. Like, if you said this, then you have to be this. Like, as if life is just a constant, like, category of Plinko. Where if you said like one thing about recruiting, then you feel this way about everything else in college sports. And you can only stay in that category. And it's not even like Plinko. It's as if Plinko just had slots that went straight down. Yeah. Do you remember that guy that got three ten thousands on Plinko? I don't know. Did I I see it? Remember when you just lose your mind when it was Plinko in the beginning? I don't know. I just like, know. whoa, I can't believe I, I was sick today and we got Plinko. Guy got three Plinkos or whatever. He got three ten thousands. He went nuts. And then he screamed a lot. And then like you're psyched for him. And then he, the, the, he screamed. And he screamed so much that you were kind of bummed that he won the money. Oh, so he was kind of... Kind of sucked. So, like, you're at home going, you know, uh, California state tax, prize tax. Like, you're not even taking back 50. 
Worst dude ever. Somebody tweeted that out about the kid, the 20 year old dude that won the, all the million. Like, well, you know, after taxes, you know, but like, are we really doing, are you really going to do the, you know, after taxes shtick? He's 20 and he's probably, he's got, let's say worst case, he's only sitting on like 175 liquid, like boiler room. Yeah. I drive probably, a Ferrari. What's up? Bingo. He, that kid in Florida, post-apocalyptic, we're going to, he's going to be a major investor in our first development out right adjacent to the pit, not right next to the pit because there's going to be the stench of death in the air, but downwind, downwind. maybe we can get it near a canal or something. And then, then you're selling waterfront views. There's a lot of guys in their twenties that don't think you even have to pay taxes. (laughs) They just probably don't, right? Did you, how, what's the longest you ever went before, like in between filing? I was doing so poorly at one stretch. Me too. That I just went, do they do they come after you? And the thing is, is I realized I only screwed myself out of a rebate because I was making so little. That year I made 12000 mm-hmm. I didn't file. Why would you? And it was, then my dad was like, you know, you're not pulling one over on anyone. You're not. Like, all you did was screw yourself out of money. Like, they weren't going to tax you on the take home of the twelve grand a year. Uh-huh. I came so, up with a, I came up with a box of stuff to an accountant once. Po- once I sort of started paying my bills semi regularly, and I realized yeah, I probably owe somebody something. And we went through it, and then we, you know, we got we got right with the, with the IRS. The, I did one where I showed up to the mall at H and R Block the night before they were due with receipts, <laughs> and the guy's like, "Hey, look, you have one form here. You're a full time employee. Like, what do you want to write off?" I'm like, "Cable. I watch a ton of games." I mean, it's just, the thing is, is like when you think you're pulling something off, mm-hmm. you're actually only screwing yourself up. Because if right. you just take your time, and then the first time I got hosed hosed on the tax thing, I went, oh, okay, now it's time to go like full, full like. Grown up? Yeah. And then you show up to the accountant, and he's like, you don't need any of these receipts unless you get audited. So. Good to have them though, kids. Just in good case. Good to have them. Did you get audited once? Because of like agent fees. Yeah, I remember that. That's when we first started you, hanging out. Yeah, when you write off a certain level of agent fees, which um, is a lot if you bring it at home, kid. Bingo. Uh, yeah, it's sort of, I think bells and whistles go off. And they're like, "What is this idiot trying to do?" And then you go like, "Yeah, but why would they have not?" It's like you're the first person who makes money that's signing. Maybe because of, maybe because a long time ago there just there wasn't a real regular filing, and they're like, "Oh, wait a minute, this kid went from having no money to all of a sudden he's in this tax bracket." Let's take a look at those receipts. And then everything checks out, and then you just go on, go on about your business. Right, and that actually gets to this one question that we came up with a ton, okay? And it was, how, do you understand how television ratings work? And we got that in the mailbag. We did. Here's, here's, what I, here's what I understand ratings to be. That if it's a show everybody likes, then the ratings are good. Mm-hmm. And the ratings don't have to be good, but you're told that the show is good. And if your ratings are, like, you and I were not deemed successful until we had one great month in Chicago for the one hour we were on in Chicago. And I remember it specifically because it was the end of the summer. We had a killer number on one station Mm -hmm. that we were on for for an hour. And then everybody started saying, hey, the show's pretty good. Yeah, you know, you guys should really take a list. It's smart. It's different. Maybe it's not for everybody. I always liked to like when you and I were doing something and then people would go like we've been doing the exact same thing and you would get a good rating and then it was like, I like how you guys have changed things up. Kind of just back to the nuts and bolts of it all. And you like, go, you haven't listened to one show. Yeah, be like, no, we, we've done literally nothing different. We just had a better month. And then what does that mean? Then the next month, if we don't have a good rating, 
then what are you going to tell us? That we stopped doing the things that made us successful? So that's kind of my thing on ratings in general. Like when everybody says this is most watched, dude, that's just human genomes. That's population increase numbers. Okay? That's what that is. So total overall, like before there was MASH on like a channel. Dude. Okay. <laughs> Remember MASH? Yeah. Uh, I was going to say Hawkeye and the other guy, Chopper or something. Right. Hot lips. Yeah, dude. Yeah. Like late, whatever, like hot station somewhere. But, you know, not war hot. Right, right. Not <laughs> not like oak one hot. A one oak. What what which tree is it? Butter. That's right, butter. So my point is with ratings is that there are shows like yours that get great ratings and it is a great show. Okay? Boom. Yeah, I, don't, I don't even know if we do. You get you you are able to argue the rating argument and go, This is a win. And guess what? Okay? I mean you don't don't be dude, don't don't be friggin' the most humblest here. I'm just saying, but then there's other stuff where you go, I don't really know. Like, I did this for 12 years, and I still don't know what I believe or don't, because I feel like almost any story can be told no matter what rating comes out. I agree, and I think that that it, particularly in radio, that was the thing that used to drive me insane. And I, and I came into this from backwards from TV, not understanding a lot. But, I mean, the way, and I don't even know if people understand this, but the way that, that radio ratings get measured is the most ridiculous people meter thing that's called. I don't want to talk too inside the beltway, but just I put it to you this way: the people listening right now, imagine if you were you made money and you had a bank account, and there were streams of deposits that went into your account that you just weren't able to measure. And so you get your statement every month, and it says, "What well, you got a thousand dollars in your bank account, or actually maybe you got ten thousand in there, but you just don't even nobody's able to quantify wh- whether you deposited the money." Well, that's like the big thing that's new now with that presentation that you hosted for the talent there, which obviously felt weird for me because I knew that I was maybe leaving. Right. But it was—I actually said to Stephen Skipper at the time, I said, "You know, that wasn't easy. Four hundred, five hundred guys that are all on air." going, eh, this is going to be a waste of time. And it actually was a great thing in rallying the troops. And I think one of the points that was brought up was that that rating that never existed on television stuff is actually there now because, you know, you're walking through every airport, every bar, every restaurant, and none of that stuff ever got to count. Like, that wasn't right either. And that that's the that's the direct correlation to the bank account statement I, that, I'm, that I'm giving here, is that it, it, if, you're, if you're in an airport, you're in a bar, you're in a hotel, you're in a lobby of any of these places, what... Even if we're just background noise, there's just the thing where, like, you look up and you go, oh, there's Wilbon and Kornheiser. Oh, there's a game. Oh, there's Van Pelt. There's Michael and Jamel. There's Rosillo. Whomever it is, and you're you're still making that impression on the the person. So do we understand how ratings work? I haven't got a friggin' clue. I don't either. I don't either. I I just know know, I leave here, and I've said this a million times. I leave here. It is dark. It's 1 in the morning, and I'm in the middle of nowhere in Connecticut. I drive home on 84, and I could go autopilot with my eyes closed because there's no one else on the road. And you don't know. For for all we know, they're not even the television isn't even on. It's just a hoax. It's like the moon landing. We're just it's we're pretending. And then you go out into the world, and people are like, hey, I really like this or I like that. I mean, you and I dealt with it all the time. We'd go on the road to some you know SEC school, and it'd be like it, it was like the return of the prodigal sons. And then we'd come back here, and they're like, ah, you know, you guys, yeah, you're not quite what Mike and Mike are. Yeah, that was weird because it, I noticed dramatically from the first year of working with you, like it was not a surprise that it's like, oh, wait a minute, you know, like oh, like you'd have to be super into radio. To know who I was, but then, then to be with you, uh-huh. yeah, right. But then to go all those years with you, and then still be on. And who cares if it's ESPN News? Like I, I, you can show me what the total number is. 
And the unfortunate part, not just for what I was doing, but for everybody in those daytime slots is like Trump. And this isn't even political, but it'd be better for my business, our business, if he wasn't in office, just because the daytime television coverage of him is like, you can't turn it off. You can't like this is this has nothing to do with how I feel politically. It's just if I were selfishly hosting a television show from at some point 6 a.m. to 2 p.m. or something like that, I'd go, it's tough to compete with CNN. Like you can see a direct correlation between a CNN Fox News bump and some of that daytime stuff. But you're right in that it, nothing was better than when we would be on the road and it was always the case. And it would be every staff or I'll talk to like a reporter that goes, you know, this NFL team or the NBA guys like Roy Williams coming up to me at the combine going, I spent a year rehabbing my knee watching you every day for lunch like that was my routine and all these staffs that would go we would just watch you we would get sandwiches and we'd watch you and van pelt like that was it so i don't know I, you know what i mean like i can sit there and go there's way more of that than i think that there is but yeah i guess we just spent way too long saying that we still don't know what the hell the answer is to it right and that's the biggest frustration about about uh the business but i guess in this in this world, you can just see how That's many so zillions of people right. download the podcast, and you can go look at this. Look how popular this is. This is like you know, look look at look at the part of my take, guys. Look at how I mean, they the if you would have asked people to guess before before they did this, how will it do? Ah, oh, it might do okay. They've got a whatever. No, no, actually, it's going to do what it do, what it's done, and that's that's when you get surprised to find out the level of support that particular people in the business have. And it's nice to be able to actually measure it where you're not guessing. Yeah, that is actually pretty cool. And speaking of that, just make sure, because I have to start at zero again on my feed um, to subscribe, unsubscribe, resubscribe. Review. Oh, there you go. Yeah, yeah. Because we still had reviews in there from when it was Tarico. Hmm. That was a while ago. Yeah, right. So I lost that whole feed from from all the years that we built that. Well, then subscribe to yeah. the show. What, uh, what else is up with you? Like, do know. you... Do you miss 2008, 2009 Van Pelt, or are you so glad he's in the rearview mirror? I, I once once you become <laughs> once you become the the hubby dad guy. I mean, I couldn't fathom my life in when it's just me laying around watching football all day on Saturday and being just a selfish guy. Couldn't fathom that. Um, there are times when just one hour of it would really be great. <laughs> just <laughs> because when we first started hanging out, you were still in that mode, correct? Sure, of course. Right. I mean, I was just, look. Would you bring back an extra Chipotle meal for later? You'd do like one bowl and then another bowl for later so you didn't have to have a bonus bowl? I would, I figured out you were the, you were the double burrito guy and I'm like, who can do that? Cause each one's like the size of a Nerf football and I, one I was, too, sufi- yeah. one was sufficient. But sure, maybe you'd get that second, then you'd eat. What really were I, there's a place, local place, Luna Pizza, shout out to Luna Pizza. I'd eat damn near a whole pie by myself, just sitting there absentmindedly watching a game, and you'd be like four four slices a half a pie. That, that's all any human being needs. That's plenty of pizza. Not what you wanted, though. Nope, I'd go for in for a fifth, then you'd be nibbling on that sixth, then you'd look and go, let me get that sausage bite on the seventh, and then I'd be incapacitated. And every now and again, like, you order one for the fam, and the wife will point out, like, you used to eat, like, a whole one of these. I'm like, nah, not a, not a whole one. But she's like, that's repulsive. I'm like, oh, yeah, I was repulsive, you know? But I had nobody to answer to. So do I miss that? Because I think what you did <laughs> no. is you went so... <laughs> I, I did it for a long, you long time. You did it time. for a long time. Longer than I, most. 
I got into an argument with someone at the time who was just telling me, and she said, you're becoming Scott. Oh, that's nice. Right. And so I who thought- Who said that? that? I, think, I think we both know. I think it was unfair to you to say that, but I also kind of got her point, was that I was like, yeah, but- what if Scott's happy? He just he just signed a four star to Maryland at a PA that may be a tight end, but also could be QB. And this is when the podcast took a dark turn, and Van Pelt started brooding about people using him as the example of who not to be. But you know what? You know, an adult male that's doing okay. You know, stashing some. That's what I always away. was trying to say. Like, you know, hey, was- I'm putting away coin. No, I was doing okay. I mean, yeah. finally able to pay the bills yeah. on time. Wouldn't I, it feel great? I, I, did, gonna... I spent an inordinate amount of time recruiting on that on that video game, and maybe it's time to to, to let that let that go. Right, and I don't want to make this sound like anything he had to get too upset about, but it was just funny because then it was kind of exactly what I was doing. Yeah. Well, and, and how, then you, I was... how are you doing now? How are you doing now, and not being me? <laughs> <laughs> I think you. I think you threw down a gauntlet, and you just invented a whole new game. You invented a brand new Rosillo for 2018, is what you did. Yeah, but I don't. <laughs> Here's the thing. All right, so I get up every day and I try to write, and some days it's awesome, and there's a lot of days it isn't, and there's some days where you're like, okay, here's my routine. Get a little 9 a.m. Fresh juice, maybe a little kale on there. Maybe I want to go lime ginger, depending. And uh, I'll look at what I wrote previous, and I'll go over. I do a lot of outlines. I'm big on outlines because there's not a ton of depth to them, and you can write outlines over and over and over again, and it makes you feel like you're doing something, mm-hmm. when in fact it's just more outlines. So then I'll start doing like I even have a whiteboard where I have like a story arc chart, and I start adding in these little dashes and stuff. It looks really impressive if you come over and you think I'm really doing something. Does it add up to anything? Uh, yeah. It it does in the long haul of things, uh-huh. but there are there have been multiple days where I've thought to myself, and I, I'll admit this, and this is not like the ego thing. Like I've never had a day where I go, "Oh man, I should have just resigned and stayed and done my show every single day." I miss it. I miss it. I miss it so much. Like I miss having something that I was into that way. But when it does work, when I've had a couple days where it does work. And you feel good about something you've written, and then you go to bed, and you get up the next day, and then you read it again, and you go, yeah, I think this is actually going to kind of work. It's a pretty good, uh, pretty cool feeling. I don't know what that's going to lead to. I'm moving in a couple weeks. But yeah, it's kind of weird. Uh, end of the month, beginning of February. That's when. I said where. Oh, Manhattan Beach. Got a spot? Uh, I'm flying out to LA in a couple days to go pick it up. I don't trust the realtors. I wouldn't either. You need to see it. I mean, this is like- yeah. You get this is a you need to like, like how many pixels you working with? That's what I'm saying. What if it's musty as hell? <laughs> I mean, I can't imagine it would be, but like you never know. It could have been a it could have been a musty tenant that lived there before. I, I, have, a, I have a serious question. I have okay. a hundred percent serious question. How did you know that you could write for that? Uh, I've been doing it for a couple years, but here's the thing: I don't even know that I know that I can. What made you start doing it to at all? Like, that's just like a secret you find out. Like, if I found out Saruti was like a wood whittler and he brought in and he had like that a... That wouldn't fl- surprise me. Right. But I mean, like, he just... I'm not talking about just whittling on a stick. I'm talking about he turned it into like a little miniature rocking chair. And it's like... Somebody, or what if he's like big in a scrimshaw? Whatever. Whatever it is, you... And you find out that it's like he's got he's a savant for this. You'd be like, who... I didn't know that he could do that. It's not like he talked about that he did it. It wasn't like he just busted out like a buck knife and a stick and was over there whittling. And then with you... 
you've got like these full-fledged treatments and then we'd be talking on the phone and it's like, you know, I got a meeting and it's out in this and that with a person and I'm pitching and I'm like, what the is this yeah who knew i didn't know yeah it was funny because i was in the la uh hotel i was in at the time and you were like what are you doing we're like oh we're pitching here here and here so yeah like two years ago it didn't work out but it made me it was one of those things it wasn't a negative it only motivated me more but were you doing were you were you as you because you've you've told the story about how you went and you did the minor league you know play-by-play and your mascot and all that all that bit were you simultaneously, as you were doing that, were you thinking, well, if this doesn't pan out, maybe I'll do this? Like, have you been writing the whole time? Yeah, in 2002, when I was when I was fixing up my dad's cottage. By the way, Sarudi's here, if you want to say hey to everybody. What's up, guys? How we doing? Are you pumped to be part of the first one? Yeah, absolutely. I don't have your phone. Getting the band so back together. Van Pelt can't hear me. It's just fine. I'm so, I'm just, I'm just so happy to, I'm just so happy to see him. him. Not matter. coming prepared. Oh, yeah. that's not. No, no, dude. You're going to be nice about it, because this is adding to Van Pelt's plate, so we're going to be nice. Priscilla and SVP podcast once a month. It's monthly um, now. So in 2002, oh, no. you were writing when you were fixing up, fixing up your dad's cottage? I was fixing up the dad's cottage. I'd left minor league baseball. That's I would put that at, if I had a 52-week low chart, but we expanded it out where it was, let's say, a 15-year low chart, that would be the time to buy in. But you'd also go, is this thing going to be taken off? And like, is NASDAQ going to say, we don't even want to list Rosillo anymore? Yeah, we dropped him. That's financial humor for you it investors is. out there. That's <laughs> Bitcoin. <laughs> have you uh, no Bitcoin stuff? I don't, I, I don't understand it. You have When you have kids, you're not allowed to do that. Nope. I mean, it, you, just, you just look at it and you go, wait, it's worth what? What even is it? How do I use it? It's, Where it's do going I get pretty it? bad right now. Why do you have to use energy to make them? What, what does that mean? It takes all this energy to make that's kind of like the corn syrup thing. Uh, no one understands. Uh, I don't. I know. I know that when a guy in New York City, when I was buying a juice on the way out, he made a joke about how I could pay in Bitcoin, and then I was like, Are "You in on it?" And you know, he's foreign, so this is not. This is not insensitive. He just said, "Oh man, you can pay me in Bitcoin." And I was like, "Oh, you you're locked in, huh?" And he's like, "Yeah, Ripple." And he showed me his portfolio, and he was right there. And I go, it felt a little bit like when. Um, Steve Carell was in the strippers lounge in the big short and she goes, what? And he's like, well, yeah, you have two houses. She goes, I own five houses and a condo. And the next scene is in the airport. He goes, there's a bubble. So (laughs) it felt a little bit like that, but did I go ahead and short the hell out of Bitcoin and other e cryptocurrencies? No, I didn't because I went through the pharma debacle of 2016 while you and I were working together when I was day trading. And um, that wasn't super. So I, I didn't really answer the question. I'm sorry. Way um, more interesting to hear about this, about day trading, yeah. writing. Yeah. Uh, I've always wanted to do this, and I, I have no idea if I can or not. I think I can, but there's also a million people out in Los Angeles that all think they can do it too. So uh, I'd like to think I've I've set myself up a little bit more prepared-wise to go ahead and do it. And if I can't, I can't. Whatever. Yeah, but in the meantime, you're going to be out in Manhattan Beach drinking juice with kale, ginger, whatever. And it's cheaper there, too. And just doing crazy, juicery, crazy incline dumbbell work. Yeah, I already joined the Equinox. And I'm not even going to be there for a month. That's just that. And you just let it. And, and now, guess what? Everyone knows that. They know that you just dropped a crazy coin on a monthly that you don't even, doesn't even matter. Yeah, I didn't even feel it. Did it I didn't even notice. Is it hit my checking account? I don't know. Did it? I don't know. I can't. It's hard to, hard to know for Could sure. Could have been hacked. Or maybe I just joined a gym. Ripple. Oh, that's that's my late gym, and that's my that's my Sunday gym. What is Equinox monthly? What is that? Uh, you know what's funny is I joined the one, as I just punched myself in the face of the microphone, um, I joined the one in Greenwich because I went down there and did a, 
did a workout on the way down to the city for the thing. You joined a gym on the way to the city? Well, no. I, I knew that the Equinox had these things. They had like a couple windows a year where you could join without a membership fee. So like the initiation fee, okay. something like that. So I joined the one in Greenwich to then transfer it over to Manhattan Beach later. What if I got a job offer from the Knicks, though, next week and none of this stuff happened? That would be, it would be a great chapter in the book. Yeah, the week where I, the three weeks where I tried to be a writer and then became the advanced Croatian scout. I'm not going to get a job offer by the Knicks, by the way. So we can just, we put that one to bed. But what if someone else offered a job? Uh, I don't know. I don't know. I can't, like, do you think, I don't know. It's just a really weird thing because, like, I'm as close with you as anybody. Mm -hmm. So have you had a drive by yourself and thought, like, is he an idiot? You? Yeah. No, I I admire the moxie. Yeah, a lot that, of people say that. <laughs> uh, no, well, because it takes it takes stones to say, you know what? No, I'm gonna I'm gonna do this other thing. But, but here's but here's it's it's moxie for being being following through with it. But it's also the knowledge that you that, that you can do this right here, like you, this you can do, and this isn't a skill set that's just going to evaporate. So there's going to be a market for this, whether it's. What if I have to come back to a sports and I've like lost all my chops and I do come back going, all right, coming up, why Saban's lost his edge. I said, wouldn't it be great if I just turned into the guy to spot? I, I thought about doing a week and I told Saruti a little bit about it, but I was just as a social experiment going to be the biggest on the air mm -hmm. and not just a jerk, not mean, just say the dumbest stuff. Just to see what would happen. Because all the blogs would pick up on all of it. Right. And I just wanted to see what it would feel like to be a take guy for an entire week. I think you do it to an extent when it comes to Twitter because you the stuff you'll tweet out, people just they're they're not sub, they're not clever enough to understand the joke. They don't get that you're kidding. But you but to commit to it for an entire week of radio, three hours Every a day, tease. five days a week. Yeah. Imagine. See, that's that's one of those ideas that's that's great at 2 a.m. And then at 1.20 <laughs> in the break after you've done a segment, you're like, this is going to really be a bummer. Yeah, right. Like why Belichick should go to the Giants next. And then, you know, I couldn't, I just just, I couldn't even stop. do that. I'd you would tell, tell you me to, to stop? I'd tell you to stop. I'd say, come on. Don't, don't. Yeah, but you know what would happen. What? Is it would end up on .com. They'd have way more Rosillo on .com. Traction, dude. They would start saying, like, why, why all three Ball brothers playing for the Lakers is a good idea. And then, Next, and then maybe you're in you're in the mix. You start, you know, you start getting a few more guest appearances that they're paying for, huh? Maybe that. I don't know. I think I've exposed myself. I think I've told too many people about that week. I can't believe we're swearing. Just feels... well, yeah, I've only cussed once. I cussed early. What's the rule on that, Saruti? We can, right? Uh, no. So I'll have to go back and bleep those out. Oh, so just let no. me know times on that. Oh, we can't Thanks. swear on any of it. Oh, we were told. Well, then we're going to have to go through this and beep out some stuff. Yeah, we'll, we'll do that. This isn't ESPN R. We can't, we can't do that. Wait a minute. Other people have been able to swear, though. No, nah, Katie, I was just listening to Katie Nolan's podcast. She swore, but they believe it out. I'm at a decided disadvantage She's right cool, now. so. With, yeah, this sucks for Van Pelt. He can't hear anything Surudi's saying. All right. But I, so. what I know is not to cuss anymore. Yeah, we got to stop swearing. All right. Um, anything else that you want to do? Because I know, what have we done, like 30 minutes? I don't know. Feels like just feels like it's been a breeze. It feels like just a quick... I feel like we had to do this one to kind of get some of the stuff out, mm -hmm. you know, like and, what have you been doing? Right. Because I don't want to talk about it. But you're moving. Day, every month. Yeah, I am moving. How are we going to do this when you're out there? Skype? 
Um, probably not. Yeah, we could maybe Skype it. I don't know. But I think I think we're polished enough that we don't have to be looking at each other. I'm I'm just I'm on board. Um, I here's here's what my uh, my offer to Rosillo. You you should get more interesting, fun A lister type people, which you'll be able to get. But in case of emergency, then just go to the old standby. No, you're doing it once a month. We've already talked about right. This. That's we're done because Demel's going to cancel. Thousand percent. Vince Vaughn is supposed to be in. Is he? Larry David efforting. Um, I like this. Barkley's going to be a part of it. Fun. But, yeah, but then it's you know I mean I could I could do all these A list people here, but it doesn't mean it's going to be a better podcast. Demel's going to be an interesting threshold of of like how many times you're he you just missed him in Santa Monica because <laughs> it's not often that I'm out there. But let's just say that when I throw up the bat signal, it's like oh man, I was just uh, out there at the beach. Ah, sorry, I missed you. Oh man, you. Love and salt your spot? No way. What a crazy kawinky dink. Uh, but yeah, he's so excited because he, the Vikings are in it. Yeah, Demel blew you off what? Twice? Every time. Every time? Every time. And it wasn't like it was like I was longing to hang out with him. It's just he's such a good dude. Yeah, it, but it, it's it, cool to hang out with Demel. Sure, because it's like, you. Huh, and you point and you're like, huh? Look, I know the guy. Did you see the, the thing? The movies? He was I there. was thinking about doing a massive I'm in town party and inviting. Do you have enough people to make a massive party? More people than I do to a party in Connecticut. I, don't uh, know. I came to that one in the snowstorm that time. That one wasn't as good as the, the Kentucky Derby party is one of the all-time parties. Yeah, there was a pony. There was a pony. Um, and then I DJed upstairs, and Saruti was there. I had a blast. It's a good party. He just said he had a blast, Scott. I bet he did. Um, well, you should do that. You should throw You should throw up, uh, you know. Throw up the bad signal. Who could I invite? Simmons? Simmons. I don't know if he would go. Why wouldn't he go? He's mm. a huge Rosillo proponent. Yeah, but he's just he's kind of out in Malibu now. That's the other thing you're going to learn when you're out there. Everybody kind of reps their hood hard. So all the West Hollywood guys that are kind of like, why do you want to be in TV writing and live out by the beach? I go, why do you live out here and not live near the beach? That's what I don't understand. Like some people think I'm an Amish person for wanting to live out in like a beach village. And for me, I'm like, oh, I, I, I just don't. Understand it. I mean, I understand there's going to be tons of lunches that go nowhere professionally, but but you yeah you're right, I can go back right to the there beach. In, you're right there in Torrance, <laughs> Reseda. Uh, anything else you want to get off of your chest? Any what's the one big thing going to be tonight? Um, the Clippers and the Rockets chicanery from uh, Monday night Tuesday isn't, night. Isn't it pretty obvious? Everyone hates Austin Rivers. <laughs> Bingo. I mean, you just literally read my mind. Yeah, that's that's. That's the thing that seems to be. Also, let's be honest. Houston and the Clippers. If there's if there's a squabble in the NBA, one of those two teams being involved is like a ninety percent bet. So when the two of them meet, it's obviously there's going to be some kind of squabble. And Chris Paul's been involved in a few of these fracases as well. You know. Well, this is the weird thing about this this dynamic is that I remember when you were doing a one big thing on the Clippers last season and you called me and it was one of those times where I know like okay he's working on something and you go what's the deal with the Clippers like how many people hate him and I go everybody hates him you think about Golden State like Golden State would always go oh when it's was it's us and the Clippers meanwhile Golden State just houses him every single time except for the most recent time with the Williams but for the most part Golden State ready to go they have a problem with him Portland had a problem with him Houston always had a problem OKC, 
and, and the different versions of the Thunder and the Clippers, because it was always the Clippers. They complained the most. When Blake, as good as he is, finishes, he turns around and gives you that stare like you did something wrong by even being near him. Right. Chris Paul, who I love, but it's super annoying and slash dirty, a lot of that crap. So now Chris Paul would be like the adulterer who lives in a trailer home who then just went to another part of the trailer park and married someone else and is also still an adulterer. And that's how this human thing <laughs> no you don't get the Houston like, yeah. he's so yeah like he's like yeah I was I was the guy on the team that everybody hated the most and now I'm on this team and now I somehow still hate this team this much and Austin Rivers yeah that's it would you fight Austin Rivers what for what like what did he do was he say something mean to my daughter yeah he to- he told you here's what happened you were at Nordstrom Rack here we go picking out belts and your daughter was trying on a men's belt, and Austin Rivers walked up and saw you, looked at you, and then looked at her and said, your kid's stupid, and uh, kept walking. Nah, I'd say, you, you know, you don't want this smoke. You don't want the smoke. Knuckle up. You're taller than him. I mean, he, I'm I'm an old man. What am I going to fight? Seasoned. <laughs> old. But I, I mean. Yeah, a lot of punches left, though. Probably. When's the last time you wanted to get into a fight? Ooh. Uh, it's been a long time. I, Be honest. I, I legitimately wanted to fight a guy in a bar in um, Vermont. That we had gone up there, uh, and we were there was a group of us. They were like tubing. When? No, uh, like six, eight years ago. Oh no! It's been it's been a long time. Who are you with? Just party people? No, like there's a couple of you know you know there was a, a guy, Bluefoot guy, Tim Horgan. You know him, editor Bluefoot. Hey, it's a it's a production house. High end. Yes. It was him. It's a guy that's a, 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 a guy that directs here. Is this your Chicago crew? No. With it's, money? It's local crew. Significant, local guys. Significant others. Local pe- And we went up and we're like skiing. Did you tubing. bring a date? Yeah, it was with my now bride. Hmm, and some out. drunk guy that was throwing around business cards like New York City modeling agent guy. Oh, those guys are the worst. The, and he, Dude, I was at the Gansmore at one time, and that guy, I went to the bathroom, and my girlfriend showed me his card. And I go, okay. We, you know. I saved his card. I still have it. I'd oh, love my to, God. I wish I had it on me. We'd call him right now. Let's call him now. Let's have I don't him be have the first it. guest on the podcast. Hey, hey, are you still a complete loser? Was he part of your group, or was no, he trying to like- he was just like, a drunk guy in the bar that like everyone wanted electron. to fight. And then he got into the he got like science. into the group, and then it was kind of kept coming back into the orbit. And finally, I just said to the guy, "Look, no one's buying what you're selling. No one's just interested in your shtick." Just Van get... Pelt will do that, and he'll do it sober too. He and will, I was. He I... will adult the bleep out of you. And I said, "Just get lost." And then he came back one more time, and like you could see, and I said, and he's hammered, and I said, "Look, I can see you bowling up your fist. I'm like, if you if you want to if you want to do this." Like this is a true story. I'm oh like, my you god! Want to do this. Like it was like I I didn't know what else to do. So we were still do. We had just started doing the radio show. Probably together. so. That would have been I, a good segment. And I and we wouldn't have done that segment the first year. No, because we were too afraid to. Yeah. But guy almost fought. But I looked at his buddy. I'm like, you need to get your friend out of here. I'm gonna f- kill him. We don't even have to bleep that out. Mark that I'm one down. Edit oh, Saruti. All right, Saruti saying we may have to deep dump that one out. That's pretty good though that you haven't wanted to fight anybody in eight years. And uh, but I mean t- t- that it got close enough that I, re- I mean, I he really, balled his fist. You saw his ball the fist because I'm still sober and I can see this drunk guy's like he's going to swing on us, and and if he does, then we're going to have to fight. And I didn't want to do that, but that I mean, I literally thought I was going to fight. So like, how many times have I thought to a person like thought about somebody I would like to like. Oh, I like to kill that guy. See, the thing that sucks for you 
And the way this all would work out, it'd be like, oh, Van Pelt gets in a fight at bar. And then you go like, yeah, but you know how many times it would like, I would go, okay, well, what did someone do to him? You've seen, what uh, someone, you've seen yeah, the, what I've you seen. put up with. You put up with yourself. Some drunk guy comes up and smacks the crap out of your back right. and like, just, I'm happy to take a picture. Just don't smack me. I don't even know you. Don't smack me like my back, like I'm your buddy. I'm not. You hate being touched by other men. <laughs> <laughs> Coming up next on the Priscilla and SVP podcast, Van Pelt's aversion to male touching and bars. <laughs> If you shake a dude's hand, or you want to give me just a That's like a, a contract for life right there, bro. Pat on the back's fine, but like, don't wail. Like, think about it. There's no, we don't have any agreement for you to do None. that to me. Not no. you, but metaphorically you. I follow you, bro. Yeah. Hey, man. Whack. You and Rosilla are awesome. That's great. Don't do that. Why are you doing that? And people do. They get hammered and they come up and they think they're allowed to just maul you. Don't do that. It's not acceptable. When's the last time you wanted to go? Give somebody uh, the what for. Oh, I know exactly when Start it was. Start feeding a guy a few lefts. Um, <laughs> yeah, whatever. I'm just going to, the thing is with this podcast, I want everybody to tell their stories. It was this spring and it was down at uh, one of the Chris Long soirees. And you want to fight one of Long's buddies? Yeah. And <laughs> they, Chris, because he's an adult and has a wife and has a, has a young boy at home. He was like, look, tomorrow night will be the night. And so I had hosted the event. I didn't drink during the event because, you know, you don't want to be up there like hosting, eh, you know, talking about digging wells, <laughs> my ex-wife, you know, like I didn't, you know, I'm, I'm hosting this event. Right. So, you- so I had a few drinks after the fact. So it was late and I, you know, trust me on this one. I'll tell you if it was like, oh, it was real late. Um a bunch of the guys that he's friends with, I'm friends with now, just because Chris, as you not surprised, has a bunch of awesome friends. And uh, Charlottesville is a great little town. And um, a bunch of the guys came up to the thing that where they'd rented out like kind of a, a living condo suite for me or whatever. And some of the guys came up and one dude started throwing up all over the couch in the rental that I had. And I was like, man, it's kind of a bummer. Got chunky throw up everywhere probably time for you to bounce and he was really bummed out because it was like my place and he went to like hug me Mm. and i was like look i'm the least judgy somebody's banged up and does something stupid like i can be really mad and hold a grudge against you forever Uh, i personally go the other way with all the years of bartending and doing stupid stuff myself where it's like you know what i'm not going to be really judgy here but you just can you stop hugging me with the puke. With the puke face, arms, <sighs> chest. It was as if he was wearing a shield of vomit. And he kept trying, kept trying to hug me and apologize. And I said, you're only making it worse. You're only making it worse. And at that point, I wanted to kill him. Right. But you can't. You, you... I couldn't because then I'd be punching vomit. And then, of course, it would come back on me that I fought somebody. And then what if I lose the fight? Then it'd be publicly Whoa, shamed. Got yeah. beat by a chunky yeah. vomit guy. Yeah. Guy blacked out, pukes, still kicks Rosillo's butt. I I got you in that one. Um, yeah, I was I was pretty upset, but guess what? I wasn't upset the next day. The real letdown was I had to talk to somebody from the Chris Long Foundation and say, "Hey, I'm sorry, but there's going to be vomit on the couch." And she was like, "How old are you?" Yeah, it wasn't said, me. Yeah, I go true. Mm-hmm. It was a real. I, she scolded me a bit. I felt terrible. Yeah, but you gave a nice donation when and or two, several, two nice donations. What's up, Chris? <laughs> Just trying to do our best. Getting that Disney match. 
I got to get that done. Yeah, I did it. Did they it's one match of the most it? gross grown up things I've ever done? Yeah, we got the Chris Long Foundation approved for Disney matches. How about that? On that on that note. See you next time, everybody. Thanks, Scott. You got it, Ryan. Thanks, Rudy. Don't say anything. I won't be able to hear you. Okay, so that's the Van Pelt portion of the thing. I was going to start and kind of do this in a different order, but I just want to do that part, have that be the beginning. And I have two things. I want to get to some NBA stuff, and I'll tell you what I'm hearing on the Cavs and what they're hoping to do with that pick and who they're not going to move it for. But I did want to do just kind of my observations of how the story has played out over the last couple of weeks off the Wickersham piece about the Pats and then Simmons writing some about it with the ringer. Um I have I could do two hours on this. It was probably the one story where not having a radio show's bugged me, but every other story I've been fine with. But this one I could have done a lot on, and I've listened to a lot of it. Like I still listen. Like I tune in. And I was checking out Stephen A. I've been listening to Will a bunch. I mean, I still love sports, and I just I can understand why people are like, oh, you must not listen, or you must want to break from it. Like, yeah, I wanted a break from maybe me doing it, but it doesn't mean I don't want to listen to other dudes talk about sports. And I'll always listen to sports talk radio, uh, even if I never end up doing it again. But. uh Here's the thing. There's like a bunch of basic questions you have to ask yourself about Wickersham's piece. Now, I think Seth, now look, I like him and he's a friend. I think he's as good as it gets when it comes to NFL reporting. The early stuff he did on Mangini, that piece was like the first one where I'm like, holy hell, Wickersham is good. And then the Harbaugh piece is great. It's basically he and Don Van Nata have had almost front row access. We've been put in the room with all the Goodell ownership turmoil and all that stuff with Jones. So now you have the TV 12 method, which then morphs into this story about is there some sort of power struggle with Brady, Belichick, and Kraft? So I wrote down kind of just some real direct questions and how I want to uh, tackle this topic. One is, is it possible those dudes could have problems with each other? It's entirely possible. And it's very possible it could have been happening and it doesn't get in the way of success. That's what great companies are. There are people that have egos. There are people that get sick of each other. There are people that want to move on. But there's also the times we never hear about those struggles because everybody still is able to subdue their egos enough to continue to be successful for everybody else. So them having turmoil at some point and us learning about it, that's actually... I believe less rare than the rarity of 17 years together and never having any problems whatsoever. Like there was always the thing that you'd hear a little rumsing, you know, Brady taking that pay cut and then they'd have a season where they'd go into it and it wouldn't feel like he had any weapons whatsoever. Like there are people that believe that Brady at times would be like, you know, so I take the pay cut and then like, what are we doing? Like we can't resign Wes Welker. And then again, of course it just works out because Belichick figures out the next move. You know, he had stretches where I've talked about in the past where he wasn't very good at drafting, and then he's kind of changed that around too. So he has his ups and downs. I thought he was overrated as a drafter, uh, but I think you know for the long haul and what he's been able to do, it just it's you're going to lose a lot of money if you're a talk show host going, all right, I'm going to tell you all the reasons why Belichick is overrated. So I believe that there could have been some kind of struggle with the three of those guys. The one thing I feel comfortable on, and I'm not reporting on this, but just talking to people, just still having connects back up in Boston that. We used to always wonder how would the Brady-Belichick divorce be consumed. Well, none of us thought that Brady would be MVP at 40. You know, if you go back 10 years. If you were to say that then, you'd be, think you'd be nuts. But the guy's going to be MVP and maybe wins another Super Bowl. So now we're in this uncharted territory here where Kraft was never going to force this dude out. And I'm not even sure that Belichick necessarily wanted to do that as much as he may love Garoppolo. 
But what I've heard was that if it came down to this and why Garoppolo was ultimately traded now before the deadline instead of last spring, as Wickersham said, that he could have maybe gotten a better package of just a second-round pick. And even then, I think that language is, what are we talking, like a first? Okay, well, you know, is it is it the end of the world not getting a first and getting a high second instead? You know, is that is that egregious? Is that is that hurting your franchise when he says we have to do what's best for the team all the time? I think even that can be debated a little bit. But I don't think it's crazy to suggest, as Wickersham suggests in that piece, that Kraft was like, look, Tom wants to stay. Tom's been great. He's going to be the MVP. It's really hard for us to make the money work, although it's not impossible, the NFL and salary caps. It's hard for us to go ahead and do it. And that was kind of Simmons' piece where he was saying that he had talked to somebody that was with Kraft the weekend. The Wickersham piece came out, and Kraft was described as dumbfounded, saying we couldn't pay both. Why is this so hard for everybody else? I think there's some truth in that a little bit, too. But I think the core of it all is that if Kraft... Like you got to believe that Belichick wanted to move on to Garoppolo, which I'm still not willing to believe. But I'm willing to believe that, yeah, maybe Kraft was like, "Look, I don't like we're we're staying with Brady, we're staying with Brady, and until Tom can't do it anymore, I don't want to hear about it." And I think that's kind of the core of this whole thing. I mean, would Belichick be petty enough to make a worse deal, but to have Garoppolo be in a spot where he succeeds, so that Belichick could then be seen as like, "See, I told you I was right, but I only want to trade Garoppolo to a place where I know he could be successful, and that's why I didn't trade him to Cleveland." Dude, I don't know. I don't know. I mean, look, Belichick's pretty petty over the years, and that is a negative, but it's not a negative to get in the way of his success, so I don't think he would do that. And for all the Garoppolo love, yeah, he's 5-0, and but he's also 5-0, and and who knows? Like, we're seeing these top 10 rankings coming out where people already have him as the 10th best QB in the NFL, and in that piece they say he could be a top 10 player. He did beat the Bears or Trubisky. Houston Texans with TJ Yates for most of the game. Tennessee Mariota, the bad Blake Bortles again with Jacksonville, and the Rams who are resting uh, Goff with Sean Mannion. That's his 5-0. and So it's a little overstated, but yes, he looks really good, and, and maybe San Francisco has their guy, but like to say that Belichick was doing all this to calculate this whole thing because he wanted Garoppolo to look really good so that he could get on Kraft and that Kraft later on would regret it, like that's just a lot of stuff. So I just tried to keep it really simple and say, yeah, I could see these guys having problems. I could see Brady not wanting to help out the backup. All those guys do that stuff. I could see him maybe being a little chipper the next day around the place, but it doesn't mean that he's saying, I hoped Garoppolo was out of there. I could see Kraft deciding until Tom shows us that he needs to be put to pasture here. I'm siding with Tom and we got to move on from Garoppolo. But I do believe the money part was really challenging, even if not impossible. And that's the other problem is that we Wickersham says that multiple people have told him, and I believe a lot of his sources are coaches if you see the way it is written out here, that they wanted Garoppolo to continue to be paid and that Garoppolo was offered a contract extension numerous times at $17, $18 million per year. So you're talking $40 million in cap dollars for two quarterbacks, which seems insane, but the Eagles looked like they were trying to do it a couple of years ago with Daniel and Bradford and Carson Wentz, but I don't even think it's totally, I think it was in the 30s. Um that they were going to try to do that with those two guys. But then again, the Boston guys and Tom Kern is super plugged in is saying that offer never actually happened. But here's the other thing. And I was talking to an NFL source about this again. And he's like, you're absolutely right. Is it don't overlook Garoppolo going, dude, I don't want to wait. I want to play shocker. You know, breaking news. I'm a football player who wants to play pro football and actually get to play and play for my own team because I got a mutant in front of me at 40 years old and Brady. 
That's not, I don't understand why that's hard to believe for everybody that Garoppolo go, yeah, maybe even if the extensions were offered, I'm not signing them because I don't want to wait for this uncertainty behind Tom the whole time. So I don't think that's that hard to believe. I also don't think it's hard to believe that people don't like different trainers. The Guerrero storyline and the Brady stuff, like, yeah, if Brady at 45 was still with, you know, avocado ice cream and the pliability is lighting it up, then good. But until then, I'll wait because I'm not sure like, if Brady and his trainer were able to figure out to extend the athlete. Like, this isn't just good for football. This is good for human beings. We're talking about a whole Nat Geo documentary on what these guys are doing. If you're telling me that, like, I'm going to be able to perform that much better that much later in life just because of what is being done in your book and electrolytes in your pajamas. Like, and yeah, I know it sounds a little dismissive, but I'll wait until I see that happening from somebody to follow along with this training method. So maybe it is great. Maybe it is all going to work out. But trainers hate other trainer styles. So the, the, combustibility of that whole relationship like that's not hard to figure out either Guerrero's working with Tom they start bringing in other dudes other players are worried about whether or not they should go to Tom's guy or the team's guy and then the team guy doesn't like that there's a non-team guy around and then the non-team guys it says in Wickersham's piece is shooting down the way the actual team trainers are handling this stuff dude go to your gym and ask a guy the best way to do curls ask one trainer then ask a different trainer a different day and he's going to tell you the other guy doesn't know what he's talking about so that's totally believable um, some of the things that I didn't believe I thought were dramatic about the story, the blow up against Buffalo, a sign that Tom was really frustrated and there was this underlying thing happening. And then that's, you know, been this whole story, the Garoppolo, the uncertainty, and that's why he lost it on uh, McDaniels. That, that stuff happens constantly. Um, the drafting of a quarterback that they drafted Jacoby because they felt like Jacoby Brissett and Tom was on his way out. And that's the reason why they brought Garoppolo in and all this stuff. I went through it again. The Pats always draft quarterbacks when they don't need a quarterback. They spent a third rounder on Brissett two years after they'd spent a second rounder on Garoppolo. They spent a third rounder on Ryan Mallett, and it was a high third rounder. It was the 10th pick in the third round. So he's like 72nd overall or something like that. That's Ryan Mallett. Uh, they spent a seventh rounder on Zach Robinson, Oklahoma State, a year before that, no big deal. Uh, Kevin O'Connell, I remember being in Boston when that happened, third rounder. They spent on him. 2005 was a seventh rounder, Matt Castle. 2003 was Cliff Kingsbury, so hot. I don't really think the draft record here is something to point to. We're like, okay, they thought differently about Brady. I do think that there's turmoil there with the trainer relationship because I think that's very natural, but it doesn't mean it's the end of the world. I don't know if Tom's going to play until he's 45, but I could see Kraft wanting to give him the benefit of the doubt because we're in uncharted territory already. I could see Belichick not liking any idea of Kraft suggesting something happened with personnel after not really getting involved in all the other personnel decisions, but just because he hasn't, as Simmons points out, that all of a sudden in his mid-70s he's going to start doing it. Well, yeah, with this one with Brady, I would think Kraft would think it's okay for him to have some input on it. So that is because something, even if Belichick hasn't heard from Kraft in 17 years on what to do with personnel, I don't think it's crazy to think that maybe this would be something he would be more vocal about. Um, and then did Bill do this? Did Bill leak some of this stuff himself? to motivate everybody, or to grease the skids for his own exit out of here. Uh, I don't know. man. That's some massive conspiracy stuff. Uh, I always thought Belichick at some point would move on and coach a place like Navy um, before he would decide, I want to just go to the Giants. But never rule out the impossible. This is kind of how these things normally end. You know, it's happened with the Bulls. It happened with the Cowboys. Like, a lot of times this stuff happens. Like, the Warriors at some point, there will be strife. 
And those four guys will decide at some point that, okay, we've won more rings. We've done all these things. I want a different challenge or I'm sick of this guy. Like all four of those dudes aren't going to be best friends for the rest of their lives. And then there'll be some warriors breakup that we didn't know or we didn't see coming until somebody wrote a Wickersham type piece about it. So I'm not saying it's the end of the Patriots, but let's not act like because the Patriots have been this basically flawless organization with with the sustained success in that sport that just doesn't happen. And I don't want to get into Spygate and Deflategate when I say flawless, but you understand, like, the bigger point here is do you keep winning? Do you win the division, like, every year for two decades? Just because that happens, it doesn't mean you're immune to some feelings getting hurt along the way and that becoming the end. And that's what will happen. Like, the Warriors' end will be a injury or personality-driven end. Or someone will say, you know what, I don't really want to do this anymore. It happens all the time. Uh, having a mic in the Mad Dog. There you go. Perfect. Uh, I, don't know. I don't know. I don't know if that's true. They seem to like each other now. Uh, NBA stuff. Okay, we'll do some NBA questions for next week's pod. But I want to do the mailbag stuff every week uh, or every month that we have Van Pelt on. Uh, again, you know the tricks. You get to subscribe, resubscribe, and all that stuff. I'm starting at zero here. So let's get those numbers up. Leave a review. And in the review... Uh, feel free to write a recap of what I did, like an iTunes band. So if if it were Bob, no, like, uh, trying to think. Oh, shout out to the Cranberries. Love that song, Zombie. Love when Andy sings it in the office. Uh, she's 46. That's a bummer. Um, I always think it's funny when I'll read, like, an iTunes review of a, of an album. And you'll you'll think like somebody invented irrigation with the way those things are written up. Like it'll just say, you know, so and so's guitars remind you again of why you got into guitar in the first place. Like, okay. Is it I mean I could pull one up here right now. Uh let me see. Oh, I was listening to King's X recently working out. I hadn't listened to King's X in a while. And it's not because I'm super religious, but I'm not saying that I'm not super religious either. Are you looking up a Wilco one right now? Oh, a Wilco one will be the Wilco one will be the best way to do it. So I'll look up a Wilco review. Uh, not Roger Wilco. Uh, Schmilko is the most recent one. I didn't even know that. Oh, this is a great way. A year after the psychedelic glee of Star Wars. Wilco continue to surprise. That's right out of the iTunes playbook. Schmilco is a largely acoustic set of heartbreaking folk rock marked by uncluttered arrangements and some of frontman Jeff Tweedy's most personal songwriting to date. Because that's the thing is you got to sell me on this. So the podcast should stay, say stuff like in Rosillo's natural biting style, he reminds you why NBA rumors should be surveyed with a engineering degree and not just a ruler. You know, something stupid like that. All right. Yeah, so just review them, but review them. Give them iTunes music reviews. Basically how Add-In reviews movies on Twitter. Yeah. Yeah. Hey, a couple movie reviews for you. Side car here. Uh, that Wind River with Renner's really good. And that Taylor Sheridan screenwriter is now my hero. He did Sicario. He did Hell or High Water, which he called something else. And then he did Wind River, which he said were all part of this like American trilogy. And that dude was just a cop and like a bit piece in Sons of Anarchy. And he just decided to become a screenwriter. So he's obviously my personal hero now. And he banged out those three in like a couple years. 
You guys should meet up. Yeah. Um, man, I want to read another Wilco review now, though. It's so... Uh, uh, no, that one's not good. This is, this will be good. Oh no, that's, that's not very good. Ah, damn. Why is this so hard? I thought, I thought it was a rule. Everything by Wilco had to be reviewed. You know what I'm saying? Mm, doing this out loud. Don't know if this is still good. God, I can't find another review. I apologize. Yeah, it's crazy. There, there, there are less reviews. I mean, Yankee Hotel Foxtrot, this review, basically it's just somebody comes out of your phone and makes out with you for this album. Having hinted at their art-rocking ambitions on 1999's Summer Teeth, Wilco goes all in here. For every nod to the winsome songcraft of Bob Dylan, there's a burst of avant-noise rock or a bloom of psychedelic freakiness. Strings, slide guitar, synths, glockenspiel. The group leaves no sound unturned. Yes. Yes. Okay. Speaking of leaving no rumor unturned, uh, we'll close with this NBA stuff. And a lot of it's Cavs related. I watched the game against the Warriors. I thought both teams kind of sucked, to be honest, TBH. And then, especially towards closing time, Golden State's like, okay, you guys are just going to let us do whatever we want defensively. And Cavs continue to be just a terrible defense. The Cavs are in this brutal spot because despite the fact of when they're good, because they had that long winning streak, and the NBA has these little pockets of like good and bad. So you're trying to get too freaked out about it. Cavs are in a bad streak here again. You know, Oklahoma City had kind of a bad and then a really good and then bad again. Cleveland's had a bad and then, oh my God, look how good they are, and then a bad again. So you're trying not to get too freaked out about any of this stuff. But most of the teams are kind of having that. Houston with different injuries, like they had that weird bad streak after it looked like they weren't going to lose to anybody. But Cleveland is forever compared to what may be the greatest team we've ever seen in NBA history. So whenever anybody says, well, what can the Cavs do? And you go, what, to beat Golden State? Well, pray for an injury on Golden State. Because I don't believe there's any transaction that's a realistic transaction that gets them past Golden State this year. They thought they were going to get Paul George. There was a theory floating around in NBA circles. Would the Thunder thing ever get so bad that Presti would trade Paul George and then trade Paul George to actually get in Durant's way? So you trade him to another team in the West. You trade him to the Cleveland Cavaliers. The hard part, uh, the hard part for a Paul George market and trying to understand it is that a Paul George market is really weird because it's limited and teams that are going to be renting him aren't really going to want to give you as much. So the Cavs would sit there and say, we may not even trade you the Nets pick for Paul George, not because we don't think he's necessarily worth it, because we think we could re-sign him and he'd stay here with LeBron, but because we don't have to outbid anybody else that much that would be a bad team that'd be giving you a high pick for Paul George because they don't think they're going to re-sign him. So this isn't a value versus value conversation. This is a comp conversation so would the and I was surprised that Manic said that I think with Cowherd and then when I started talking about the Cavs last night he had said if I were the Cavs I'd be offering up the Nets pick and Tristan for DeAndre Jordan and I was listening to Will Kane on the way in with Windhorse and Windhorse laughed that one out and I it was weird because I kept hearing all these different things be like wait a minute people actually think that you'd have to give up the Nets pick for DeAndre Jordan of course the Clippers would do that 
Like you have a real shot at here at a game changer. What we think, at least today, is a very deep draft. And as we get closer to the draft this summer, the voices will start ripping it apart because guys will be watching more and saying, "Oh, you know, Bagley's actually, you know, I don't know if I like Lucas, but you know, uh, you know, a lot of those bigs are kind of stupid." Well, okay, well, whatever. This gives you a chance. You're at least at you're you're being given a seat at the poker table of maybe massive winnings. So to to suggest that like you would need to move that pick. I don't even know if you'd need to move for Paul George, but I still feel like the Thunder have this faith in themselves, and it could be a blind faith that they're going to be able, if they get in the playoffs, mess with Golden State, which makes me just think like you should be drug testing yourself if you actually think that's a possibility, that the Thunder, all things clicking it the right way, like, nah, that's not happening. And then it gets back to my whole Golden State thing. Like, you've got to understand that you're comparing these teams and what they need to do to beat, again, and this isn't hyperbole, perhaps the greatest NBA team ever assembled. Okay, that's what we may very well be witnessing right now. If it's not that team, then you can probably only name a couple more that are ahead of them. Like they're no worse than the fifth best team of all time in NBA history, and they might be in the midst of proving that they are. So, okay, you got to keep LeBron. I am still in the he stays camp. Okay, if you think LeBron wants to go to the Lakers and deal with the Levar Ball crap, you're high. He doesn't want to do that. Okay, and I'm telling you right now, he doesn't want to do that. The Houston thing is actually a little bit more complicated, not just because of the money, but also because you've got, all right, ball-dominant James Harden with Chris Paul. It's worked. It's been great Have they staggered the minutes. Could LeBron go there and play an entirely different position where he's just not dribbling as much, or they have ways to make it all work? Like, I'm a believer in stars can kind of figure it out, or I'd rather collect the stars and hope it can work, and that's kind of what the league does. Um, and sometimes it doesn't work. Sure, that's fine. But... I don't know that that's that easy, easy transition. Some of this stuff could change, but to say that, that and I heard Windhorse explain this to Will Kane, like it's this face-off of LeBron saying trade the pick and the Cavs being like it might be a really good pick, I'm not sure I believe that either. I think the best way to keep LeBron there would be, unless Anthony Davis were available, that trade's not going to happen. Would the Cavs or would Team LeBron do that pick for Boogie Cousins? I believe that they would. For a long time, I've constantly heard Cousins is a name because he's been available. Cousins has been a name somebody LeBron has wanted to play with. Like He believes it. He believes that he he gets Cousins, he's going to make that dude work out. And I can understand why LeBron would feel that way. If I were a GM, I'd have a no Cousins rule. And that's just the way I feel about the guy, even though he has been better this year. Um, but Cousins would be somebody they move that pick for. You know, this Derek Favor stuff, like, give me a break. Um, even I gave up on Derek Favors, and I was married to that take for way too long. So, yeah, is there a is there a game-changer kind of guy that becomes available? Like, yes, Anthony Davis, you would do it. And even then, I'm not even sure that you're going to beat the Warriors. Like, that's how good I think the Warriors are the whole way. But if you were to bounce, say you did the DeAndre Jordan for the Nets pick deal, and it was made you better against certain matchups, and you thought DeAndre could stay on the floor longer as a center against Golden State, and even that could be debatable. If you did that deal and then that pick ended up being a really good pick, LeBron would probably be more likely to then want to bail. So this isn't this trade that pick proved me you're in it about this year and helped me best win a title. That's that's not really what I think is going on here. Sure, LeBron would like to add somebody to help the team, but I don't think he wants a team to trade that pick and make it a bad trade so that some sort of honor is is is. Uh, observed here for LeBron, like we will do whatever you want. We will make sure you know that we are all about you and then we'll make a bad trade on your behalf to prove our worthiness. I actually don't think that's what's going on here. And that's obviously because I'm one of the few voices that is telling you as of today, and this is based on conversations, this is not guesswork, you guys know this, uh, 
this is based on me still feeling like Cleveland's the favorite in the clubhouse. And that obviously, you know, look, there could be some weird ending, be something where he gets super frustrated. He could get into it with somebody again. I think Ty Lue will be out if they have an ugly exit. And I mean ugly if it's an ugly NBA Finals. Um, but, you know, the, the Lakers thing, I guess all this stuff could change, all right? But right now, the, the idea of the Lakers like would be the one seed or the favorite if Vegas was coming out with a line, or if I were working at a sports book in Vegas and telling guys how to put the odds together, I would I would make Cleveland still the favorite destination. So we're going to do these once a week. Rosillo podcast, Van Pelt's on once a month. Um, I don't know. We're going to have to start our own Twitter handle for this, Rudy. I think we should just use yours. Yeah, I think so too. We'll just do it that way. Yeah. Maybe our, I'll, maybe the, the old Twitter handle got passed over as well. Yeah, no, I get it. I get it. Uh, so yeah, so subscribe, unsubscribe, just break all the rules, please. Um, we know how that works out. But yeah, do, do music, iTunes reviews of the podcast, rate it, the whole deal. And, uh, I'll be out in LA in a couple of weeks and, uh, Sarudi's going to work on these with me the whole time. So I do really appreciate you doing that. We also have more swag. So, oh, if people want to show us their awesome descriptions, we'll send you some stuff. That was a weird start to that sentence, but you finished it in a in a good way. I got you. Yeah. How are you doing? How are things? Yeah, it's good. You know, two hours later in the day, it's a, it's a different it's show. Yeah, for sure. Um, but it's good. You know, miss you though. I'm impressed. No, I've I've listened to Will. I'm I'm impressed, man. I think he's doing a good, good dude. job. I think Will will get better uh, sooner because I'm not around. Actually, when I listen to him now, I hear a guy that's like way more confident than I would be with the limited reps solo. Like he's, he's like, he kind of is built for this and I wasn't, um, I wasn't as good solo in the beginning as he is right now. So I'm, I've been impressed. All right, cool. Uh, we'll talk to you next week.